0: Alright everybody, it is Thursday, so that means it is the Dynasty Gambit on the Going for Two Live Network. I'm Devin Deal, uh, you can find me at goingfortwolive.com, trying to been getting finishing touches on some of my items that I'm getting ready for go there, but uh, let's kick it around with the usual guests here, so <laughs> a little clap there from Jay, so let's just kick it on over to Jay, how are we doing tonight?
1: you're getting back in that little writing thing can't wait to read some of those articles and uh see what's going on over there for you uh and it's been it's been a hectic week man we i didn't have a great week last week in fantasy with my teams uh so yeah you know it's time to make some it's time to make some moves it's time to you know we're getting a crunch time is coming you, you know trade deadlines are coming for fantasy teams we got to start looking at something, you know, some of the moves we got to make in order to build our teams or some of the moves we're going to make to reinforce our teams for next year. Is You know, so let's see what we got going on tonight. All
0: right. This is uh, this is actually one of my favorite times of the year, because it's a really good time to be making those type of moves and really determining your future for either this season or for the future and next year, in 2023. So definitely one of the funnest times of the season to be trading. People are looking to make trades, so it's a lot easier to get things done. So definitely a fun time. So, Ann, at the bottom here, VandyGrad 92 Brian, how are we doing tonight? Oh, Devin, I'm good.
2: Better than the weather, certainly, in Carolina, as I <laughs> understand it. A little wind, a little rain, so looking forward to watching the ground games, and like Jay was saying, it's an interesting time, especially in Dynasty, because I've got a lot of teams that are mathematically right now are in the playoffs, but that being said, are they good enough to compete for the championship? <laughs> I don't know, so I'm kind of kind of on that fence deciding which way to go and the worst thing is you don't want to ruin your future for what's not necessarily your year but at the same time you almost owe it to yourself to give yourself a, sh- a shot so tough calls out there to be made
0: yeah i'm uh, i have a really tough call actually in my home dynasty league it's my most expensive league that i play in and i thought i was gonna be a really bad team this year so i traded a lot of pieces which i, mean, I still have some decent guys but uh, I have six 2023 first-round picks going into next year, and I'm currently six and three. So I'm like, man, do I shove all these chips in, or do I just stay with the course? Because there's a really, there's a lot of really strong teams on my end uh, are, are in that league. So I'm, i hate those decisions, man. I really thought I was not playing for this year, and now I kind of feel like I am. Okay, are
2: everybody. you in? A, is that a 12-man league, or
0: uh, it's actually a 10?
2: Ten. Okay. So I have six
0: of the ten first-round picks.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's that's definitely some some tough calls to make. Here's a uh, here's a great way to look at it though.
1: Look at the the league as a whole. Where are you at in points? Four. Are you top three, top four, or are you sitting there and just got lucky to this point and won some games you have lost? And that that would help you determine whether you should push some chips and see what happens coming in the playoffs, or you say, you know what, huh? I'm really, I, I'm over, you know, I've, I've been, uh, overachieved here to this
0: point. Yeah, a lot of what it is, particularly, which I don't mean to bombard the show with my particular situation here. But I, uh, I have like the fifth most points, so I'm, like right in the middle. But I'm just doing a lot better than like most other teams that I didn't think I'd be doing better than. But I'll, I'll keep everyone informed as to what decisions I make going forward in that league just because I got a lot of ammo, I got a lot of ways I can go, but. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the best times of the year for dynasties. So, um, all right, so let's get into the show, fellas. So, you know, just going to recap some news and notes from uh, previous week. Um, this week we got week 10 buys. So uh, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, New England Patriots, New York Jets. So a lot of actually big names that we're missing out on again this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I know Andrews has been knocked up, so maybe he's going to have rebound, get healthy. Um, everyone on the, on the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow Mixon's coming off that monster week. Um, Patriots, eh, not really probably getting too much there besides Ramonday street, uh, Stevenson, um, you know, a little bit of Jacoby Myers, I guess. And then the jets, uh, you know, same thing there, there's some upside players there, but, uh, Garrett Wilson's been coming on strong. He's showing pretty good uh, rapport with, uh, Zach Wilson. So, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the week 10 buys, uh, you know, let's start. Let's we'll start it over with you, Jay.
1: Well, the one that I'm looking forward to is uh, actually the word came out the other day that uh, it looks like Chase will be back after the buy, or it could be back after the buy. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting for Chase owner, um, and I'm sure some people traded Chase away, seeing that there was a possibility of the IR, and uh, I'm sure they're regretting that choice now, but. Uh, <laughs> i i'm i'm interested to see you know we had what two weeks ago it was i think it was two or three weeks ago where we had six teams on by yeah. i'm looking forward to like tomorrow morning to see you know everybody's crunch timing trying to get their you know players picked up or whatever and they got to drop to let's see who's going to be or is somebody going to drop a garrett wilson is somebody going to you know drop a Higgins or a tyler Boyd? you know to to get some points in the line and if they are Man, if you if you're sitting there that, that bottom end team, you know, that that 7 8 9 10 11 12 team, man, you're getting some value right there for next year, later this year and of course next year, keep an eye on those waivers on who people will have to drop. You know, especially uh especially
0: going into these buys. Definitely. And Brian, what are your thoughts on these players from buy this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, we were Jay was talking to, talking about Jamar Chase, and that's definitely very interesting, but I'm actually more interested in how that impacts the other two receivers being being Boyd and Higgins because in all honesty I'm trying to think right I know they got beat really bad in the by the Browns in the wasn't it I think the first game that Chase was out but I forget if was that the game right before the bye or no
0: no that was two that was two weeks ago last week um last week they played
1: they were on bye last week or no they're on bye this week they played.
0: They played Carolina last week, and that's the one where Mixon had his five-touchdown game and everything. And then I think Atlanta, was that the game that he got hurt, The Chase got hurt, possibly? That was the week before that. That was two weeks ago, or yeah, three they, weeks ago. They,
2: the week before last week, I forgot about the Carolina game because the receivers did absolutely nothing. Right. The week before was against the Browns, and the receivers yet again and, and Burrow did absolutely nothing. So what I'm really interested in, Chase is obviously going to get his points and all that. But he actually impacts that offense so much from a passing perspective that that will improve all around. Your, I don't know about where Boyd will go with this, but that will definitely improve Higgins going forward.
0: Yeah, Higgins has kind of been a pretty big disappointment the last couple weeks, seeing that I thought he was going to be, you know, the true wide receiver one on that team, potentially having some big weeks. I have him in a couple leagues, and uh, hasn't really been the best return on investment on that front. Um, Even this whole year, you know, I mean – Higgins was really going off last year, you know, was challenging uh, Chase for, like, target leader on the team, everything like that, and quietly had a pretty really good year, so I was hoping to see a little more out of him the last couple weeks.
2: Yeah, me too. It might be a good opportunity. I'm not sure if anybody's willing willing to sell him in Dynasty, but it might be a good opportunity to see if you can't get him for a little bit cheaper than normal.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm always looking to buy one of those two. I think they're, I mean, they're just incredible. But you probably missed your uh, buy in well window on Chase there, you know, with the injuries and everything like that. But, like Jason, I think the whole reason they avoided putting him on IR is because he has to miss a minimum of four games, not four weeks. And that's why they ended up doing it that way. But it uh, might have worked out to their benefit. We'll see how good he looks when he comes back off that injury. Hopefully they're not rushing him back too much. Uh, but, Yeah. So uh, before we get into a couple more topics here, we do have our first question of the night. So it looks like Megan is saying, all right, boys, who's getting the most carries tonight on both sides. So let's just go ahead and do a little bit of diving into that. So, Jay, why don't you go ahead and uh, list both of yours on both sides of the ball tonight.
1: I think uh, we're honestly into this a little bit later on with our Chrome Dome picks of the night. (laughs) Uh, But I will go ahead and It's pretty easy for me. as far as now i'm assuming megan is asking for most carries not necessarily most yards so most carries uh i'm going to say foreman of course for carolina
0: yep i agree
1: and it could very well be algiers uh getting the most carries for uh for atlanta but i i want i want to say and i and i believe that patterson's going to end up with the most yards um no matter who gets the most carries You can. You can give Algiers 10 carries Algiers and Patterson's Patterson will break one of them.
0: Right. Brian, what's your thoughts on that tonight?
2: Well, Megan, I'm actually going with Algier and Foreman and she's actually the one. If it's the same Megan from a couple of weeks, she actually started the Chrome Dome special <laughs> of the week, so I'm excited for her to have her back. Yes. All
0: this right. And the, I'll just wrap it up. Oh, good. This,
2: this is the Megan
1: that, that Megan asked us a couple props. And after the show that night, Megan, we decided we would have this chrome dome prop of the night. And you are the creator of that, even though it, you know, <laughs> we have it on our show she now. We've done it for, she turned out good because, just for instance, I don't know if you back at yours, but mine last week, I was three for five on mine. The only two I lost was Damian Pierce. I went under on 81.5. He, of course, went over. Um, and then the other was Philly. 13, Philly wins by 12. So I mean I I did pretty good on the props. Uh, I don't know how you did, Brian. I didn't really pay attention to yours. Of course, I really don't care how much money you lost. I only cared how much
2: (laughs) I can tell you right here, Megan. the one thing that and not not to sound like a prude or anything, but always gamble what you can gamble. (laughs) So my thought process is I've won nothing, I lost nothing.
0: And uh, yeah, just to wrap it up there, I said, um, I'm going to go Foreman and I'm going to go Patterson for most carries on both sides. So that's what I'm doing for that. And thanks for thanks for the inspiration on this whole segment. It's been a pretty big success for us. So she's saying right here, she feels honored. So we're glad you do. Um, let's go ahead and get a couple more news northern notes from this past weekend. So Justin Fields, all right, has arrived. It's about time. He looks amazing out there. I'm really pumped for the future. Uh, He was 17 to 28 for 123 yards, which, yeah, the yards went there, but he set the rushing record with 178 rushing yards. All right, so four total touchdowns this past week. He's got some juicy matchups coming up. He's got Detroit uh, this week, who I think is going to be just – he's going to be a smash play, potential quarterback one on the weekend. Um, So, Brian – I'll just kick it down to you. Switch it up a little bit. What are your thoughts on the best quarterback in the league, Justin Fields?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm excited for Justin Fields. I will say this. I'm in one league and it's actually my league of record that completions matter. So basically, 0 to 17, you don't really get a lot of points, but anything 17 and more, you get you get traditionally more you get more points as you go go along. And the same thing with yardage. So, But that being said, even not really dominating that stat, over the last three weeks, he's been a top five even in that league. So that just tells you how much his rushing stats have really meant. So.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen across across the last couple of seasons, I mean, rushing yards are king, Really, you know, when it comes to a quarterback there. Um, just getting those rushing yards are so valuable. That's why a lot of these guys are Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. They're constantly being propped up. Um, I will admit, I do know Justin Fields is not the best quarterback in the league, but this is the best quarterback play I've seen in a, quite a long time in Chicago. So I'm going to keep riding this high, and I'm going to be super annoying until he starts doing bad, just so everyone knows and we're all on the same page. But, I Jay, <laughs> this.
2: he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. That right. being said, he's quickly becoming the top quarterback both in this year's class and last year's class.
0: Right, and he's if he keeps this left, he's going to be one of the best fantasy quarterbacks. So we have a lot of those type of guys that maybe aren't the best quarterbacks in real life, but they are, you know, I think he's, uh, he's been let down a lot by his receivers to where his stats, I think, would be a little bit better. Uh, I think that's why we made the move for Claypool, all that type of good stuff. But, Jay, I'll kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on the man, JF1?
1: Let me ask you this first, uh, because I don't follow the, the, the coaching staff very very much over there in Chicago. Who is the head coach in the a coordinator there in Chicago.
0: So the head coach is Matt Eberflus. He was the defensive coordinator for the Colts uh, last season, um, and then our offensive coordinator is Luke Getzey. He was the passing game coordinator for the Packers last year.
1: Okay, so the reason I asked that question is it was Eberflus that the the comment was made on. I was watching a uh, a show, and Eberflus was was. They were talking about Ibra and what he's done over the last three to five weeks with Fields is realized, okay, he's not the best passer. But he sat him down and said, okay, watch these videos. It was Jalen Hurts. It was, you know, Josh Allen. It, you know, it was Kyler Murray last year. He watched these videos of running the ball, the quarterback actually running the ball. And one of them was like, well – you know he didn't. You know, Ohio State, they basically did not want him to run the ball, so that was drilled in his mindset of do not run the ball, run you know run the, the, the passing game from the pocket. Now I will tell you this: the other video I watched was it was it broke down that sixty-one yard rushing play, right? That was not a, a rushing play. That was not a call, uh, right? Play to rush. That was actually a mesh route, and as soon as he stepped up in the pocket, because the pocket opened. So he went to step up, and Mooney saw him step up and thought, oh, God, he's scrambling. He went on a scramble drill. Right as you see Justin raise up the throw to him, Mooney's got his back to him. And he's like, well, shit, I ain't got none, no choice. I got to run. And then the Dolphins defenders were completely out you know, outspaced. So he had nothing but room to run. Props to him for doing it. Props to the coaching staff for going, hey, Justin, let's run the ball a little bit more. They're a calling design plays to get him out of the pocket and allowing his, his skill and his ability to actually do what it's supposed to be doing on the field. You know, Jalen Hurts has slowed down his running. Lamar Jackson slowed down his running. They probably will have to slow down his running, but this was the step that they needed to make to see Justin Fields can actually be an NFL quarterback. Now let's go get – and probably overspend a little bit, but let's go get Claypool. Give him a weapon. Give him now two weapons with Mooney. You know, now you got commit now. All of a sudden, commits a thing. <laughs> We're all high on commitment begin the year, and now, now he's actually producing over the last two weeks. Yeah, three so, touchdowns last two weeks. If they can build that offensive line, get him a little bit more prediction, probably another running back. Because I mean, we all we all believe that, that that Montgomery's out, you know. But hell, they got Herbert back there. But if they can keep both of them and add an offensive line, man, I tell you what, Justin Fields looks like. QB1 <laughs> and QB3. Now, stop. Don't. Hey, that screen is getting really – is the screen getting
0: <laughs> Oh, My head's getting bigger, man. All right. This is – like I said, this is one of the best stretch of games I've been so pumped to see a quarterback play. Um, you know, I've been saddled with Cutler and every other terrible quarterback. I mean, Cutler wasn't terrible, but everyone else below him has been terrible. Um but, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, I, I think, like what you said, um, they finally realized how to use them properly. Uh, they took that mini bye week coming off the Thursday night game um, and really changed their offense, put a lot more quarterback runs in, um, stuff like that, which this is what they should have been doing from the beginning. This is what was I was mad about all the first five, six weeks of the season it was because they kept saying, okay, we're going to build this offense around Justin, highlight, all his uh, attributes make the offense totally accustomed to him, and then they didn't do it. They were still trying to make him drop back seven, you know, seven steps pass, and we don't have the offensive line for that. I mean, it's clear we don't have the time to be doing that. So I'm glad they're starting to figure things out. But I will contain my homerism for the next little bit and move on to the next topic. Thank you all for appeasing me. Uh, so let's move. <laughs> so let's move on to Joe Mixon. With the second best performance from a fantasy running back of all time last week, five touchdowns. So I uh, kicked it to Brian first. Jay, let's kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on Mixon's performance? Who actually it took him from I think running back seventeen to running back two on the season just in that one game. So I mean, he really <laughs> he really project, you know went off there. So what are your thoughts on that performance?
1: Uh, let's let's simmer down on it. Let's simmer down. It was against Carolina first of all. That's number one. Number two, he didn't throw a touchdown, so he is not CMC. There's why. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, this is the breakout game. You know, this style of game, and not necessarily five touchdowns. I mean, two touchdowns, three touchdowns would have been a breakout game. You know, compared to what he's done all year long. But this was this was the hype for Mixon coming off of last season. It just taken it's taken the Carolina defense and you know, eight weeks, nine weeks to get to this point, you know. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to overreact to it because, I mean, here's the, here's the funny thing is CMC did what CMC did and then went on a bye week. Mixon's doing what Mixon did and he goes on a bye week. Let's see what he does in, in you know, next week when he when he comes back after, you know, all this prop, all this praise, you know, now's the time to sell him if you want to sell him. I mean, I'm not going to over I'm not going to overreact to uh one game. He, he's not been consistent all year.
0: Right. Brian, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with Jay. Mixon unbelievable game. Obviously, presumably the number one running back game of all time was Alvin Kamara. Well, the difference between Kamara and Mixon, Kamara had other games leading up to it. Mixon Yeah, he's a top 10 back. But he's not number two. And, you know, the Bengals, when when they get all the receivers healthy, they're predominantly a passing team. And the game script got out of hand last week because Carolina couldn't move the ball against the Bengals' defense. They had, like, less than 50 yards in the first half or something. So the game script, I mean, Mixon, give him his credit. He's a good running back. But he's not, he's not going to have five touchdowns next week, I can pretty much guarantee. So.
0: <laughs> right, he's going from the second most running points from a running back of all time to being on bye this week and putting up this nice little zero, you know. So, so pretty uh, – but, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, I was kind of – I had him in actually in my dynasty league and I traded him away in a couple different spots. Um, just, you know, it's hard to replicate what he did last year. He had 16 touchdowns, you know. So, that was one reason I already thought he was going to regress. Um, he kind of made up some ground on that whole regressment, uh, regression assessment. Uh, put up five last week, but yeah, I think it was just you know perfect opponent to go against. You know, they're really trying to not pass the ball as much uh, with Chase being out and the offensive line being banged up. Um, but yeah, still a good performance. But yeah, I'm, great time to sell high, especially if you're in a rebuild mode, anything like that. Um, so I would be doing that. Uh, I was in those shoes. Did any of you guys face him last week in any of your leagues?
2: Oh, thank goodness, no. Yes, and I lost.
0: Oh, man. that's I was lucky on that one. Yeah, it seems like Brian was as well. We didn't do that, but oof.
1: By seven. I lost uh, by
0: seven,
2: and he put up 58, 59 points.
1: So, if he'd have just stayed his normal
2: course, I'd have been right. I, in the offseason, I tried to mix in for uh, Chubb, is what, what I Oh, nice. I like that.
0: Yeah, I traded him for Jacobs and Bateman, but so it sounds like we both did pretty well in that front. Jacobs yeah. definitely been the better back, and then what was that? Sorry, you cut out there, Brian.
2: Jacobs has had a good year so far, so
0: yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: With Bateman, that'll be back next year.
0: So. Yeah, he's kind of been one of my biggest misses this year. I was really high on Bateman; thought he was going to be top fifteen type wide receiver this year, so. Definitely eating that one. I mean, even before ruling out the injury, I mean, he was doing okay, but he wasn't doing exactly what I kind of thought he was doing there. Um,
2: good, a little passing offense going on in Baltimore.
0: So. Right. <laughs> Not just ball. So uh, next topic here, um, OBJ, getting real close to coming back. Um, where do we think he's going to land? I mean, it sounds like he's got four that I think he's mentioned himself on where he would like to go. Um, some teams I could use them. I know the Cowboys, uh, Micah Parsons has been really trying to go after him, tweeting him all the time, stuff like that. So, uh, Brian, where do you think LBJ is going to end up?
2: I I would be okay with the Cowboys, like you just mentioned. I've heard the 49ers. I'm not sure he's going there. I'm trying to think who else I've heard. But uh, the th- team I really don't want him to go to for fantasy purposes is please for God's sake, don't go to the Rams.
0: <laughs> right. They're all well, You know, and yeah, they haven't been good. I mean, Stafford's not questionable still for this week. I think he's in the concussion protocol, and he's still battling his elbow. But that team is still not the team they were last year. I mean, that division, the Seahawks are leading right now. The 49ers look stacked right now. So, uh, probably going to be tough for them to even come out of that division, to be honest with you. But, and Cam Akers took number three, so OBJ can't be number three there in the Rams anymore, even though Akers is reluctantly still there by the team. Apparently they were trying to trade him and couldn't find anybody. But, Jake, what are your thoughts on the OBJ situation, where he ends up?
1: Yeah, the, the four teams that I've heard are, of course, Dallas uh, and Buffalo. Uh, the Rams and Green Bay. Well, he also wants to win. So the Rams and Green Bay are out to me. Is, I agree with
0: that.
1: I'm going to throw a team at you. And, and I, I know this may be a little bit of bias on myself, but I think it'll it'll make sense if the Bucs win this weekend in Germany. If the Bucks win this weekend and somehow Carolina wins tonight, that puts the Bucks in first place. Now, that being said, you know, in real life football, he's not going to stay in Tampa after this year. You know, so he would almost have to take a veteran's minimum which he did last year. don't know if he would do it again this year. If he wants to ring, he may have to. But the one team that I know he's not going to, and I, and I saw a meme earlier on, on, uh, on uh, Twitter with Aaron Rodgers was crying because he's not going to Green Bay. No. So to me, th- there's only two real fits, in, and that's Dallas and it's Tampa. But Tampa's got to win this weekend in order for that to even be a real fit. I don't think Buffalo's a real fit. And the reason I don't is because of all the wide receivers they have. Again, he could go to Buffalo. But, again, he's probably going to do it at the veteran's minimum. And I just don't know that he wants to do that. Unless he just wants the ring. If he's just chasing the ring, man, go to Philly. (laughs) Go to Dallas. You know, go to San Francisco if that's all it is. But I think he actually wants a ring and he wants to move. He he wants out of L.A. He wants out of – now, if he wants to go to L.A., I'm sure he can wear the three. I'm sure – there will be a stipulation with with uh, the coaching staff and the ownership over there at L.A. going, uh-uh, I'm sorry, Akers, you're not even on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Yeah.
1: All I, all all I, I can say... say I like
2: go ahead, Jay. No, I, I like Dallas as as a landing spot for you. All I can say is if you're in redraft and have an available roster spot, go ahead and pick him up. I... Uh, I've had him on my Scott Fishball. He was my twenty-second and final draft pick, and I've held him the entire year in lieu <laughs> of a kicker.
0: So, right well, there, you go. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think the Cowboys make a lot of sense. Um, I think actually, a team I would like to see him go to would be the Vikings. I don't think it would act. I haven't heard them like attached to him anything like that. But you know, Thielen's not really the same guy he was. But with them just adding Hawkinson. You still have Thielen out there, along with Jefferson, Cook in the back. and Then you had OBJ into that. That would be disgusting. Yeah, you know, that's. I mean, they need to be going all in right now. Kirk's very old. That team, you know, they're seven one. They're running away with the NFC North. I think that would be a really power move for them. I know they're really tight against the cap, but you could get uh, some players out of there. You know, they have <laughs> um, what was what was the uh, the Eagles player that went there, um, Rager. You know what I mean? Just cut him, move OBJ in. There you go, boom. He freed up some roster space and a better player. But yeah, so I haven't heard them being you know linked to him by any means. But I think that'd be a good fit. Um, but speaking, I know we just kind of briefly discussed the Bills. Um, this actually isn't on our show sheet, but uh, Josh Allen battling a UCL injury, um, which is usually typically a pitching injury. You know, it's the Tommy John injury that uh, pitchers usually get. Um, so that's really bad. I mean. Hopefully, you know, I mean, I think they're going to be – he's a game-time decision, I think, this week is what he's training for. He's not going to practice. He's going to see what he can get through. But, man, if he can't work through that, that's really going to hurt that team, especially if he's going to be out for weeks. I think Case Keenum's the backup there right now, which, I mean, going from Josh Allen to Case Keenum is never good. Um, he might be able to keep you afloat for a game or two, but I really hope that he's not injured for a long term. So, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on the UCL injury that uh, Josh Allen's battling at the moment?
2: Yeah, like you said, I mean, I keep up with the injury news quite a bit. And um, he's missed yesterday and today's practice. And they've said he can play without practicing, and that's okay. But um, I'm hoping they're in an early game. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, Keenum's manageable. I mean, let's let's face it. There's so many bad NFL quarterbacks that are second string on their team. I would be okay. I mean, it's not good, but I would be okay if I had to start Case Keenum. He's he's at least a veteran and has a decent arm. So, I could do worse in Case Keenum.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just say, I think he can keep you afloat, but, you know, it's a really bad matchup for them this week going against the 7-1 and Vikings. So, you know, it's tough. They really need Josh Allen out there. Could end up being the Case Keenum revenge game. Who knows? We'll see. But, uh, Jay, what are your thoughts on the UCL injury here?
1: Well, so – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug our Discord right quick because it's free, and, and we need to get over there and, and get y'all in that as well if you're not already in it. However, I need to talk to Doc about this because I was talking to a couple people who have had the UCL injury before, and usually that, that inqu- requires, for baseball, it requires Tommy John surgery, right? And we all know if, if you follow baseball at all, that's usually like a almost a year, nine months to a year, you're out. But – Throwing a foot before you're down. even throwing right. again, yeah, right. But throwing a football is a little bit different from the baseball, so it's more of a pain tolerance thing. And from my understanding, is if you've ever hit your funny bone, basically that's what the UCL and the nerves are all connected right there. So when you feel that tingling in your hand, he's basically feeling that tingling the whole, whole time, from what I understand. So gripping the football, throwing it down, it's a pain tolerance thing, from what I'm hearing. I'm not a doctor. I haven't stayed on a holiday any, any time recently, so <laughs> I can't be confused. Now, I will tell you this. With him not practicing, if he's out, Naheem Hines is the reason to watch Buffalo. Go pick up Naheem Hines if you don't have him already. It's going to become a huge rushing game. You'll see Singletary in there, but you'll see Naheem Hines taking a load, in my opinion. So it's something to keep an eye on. But it's definitely – I think it's more of a pain tolerance. I'm going to ask Doc about that, and I want him to uh, actually jump in in the Discord and and let us all know if that's truly the case, if there's a difference from throwing a baseball to a football when it comes to that that injury.
0: Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully, I mean – could be impact, you know, it could be really, you know, tossing that division up, up for grabs with possibly the Jets and the Dolphins being right there with them. So, you know, any games that he missed, you know, they really don't have a big cushion to be, you know, starting Case Keenum instead of him, so. Um, before we get into the games and everything like that, I got one last thing to talk about here. So that's Hawkinson's debut with Minnesota. I think he kinda of blew us all out of the water here on all of us on um, our expectations. You know, he went nine for nine, seventy yards. Um really looked good with Kirk Cousins. So uh what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Hawkinson and my and Minnesota and his thought and his rest of the rest of the season look outlook here? I I personally think
2: they've um they put him in the right spot. They've already had so much talent and offense with Cook and Jefferson. Like you said, Thielen not doing as well. So he's probably going to take some of Thielen's targets away from him, especially in the red zone. So I, I, I like it the rest of the season. I, it would not shock me at all, especially with Darren Waller going on injury reserve today, for him to finish as a top five the rest of the, rest of the season for Hawkinson.
0: I agree. Jay, what are your thoughts on Hawkinson?
1: Yeah, so I saw a thing the other day, and it really was kind of surprising. So kind of like what we talked about with Nick, he's had this kind of eh, season all year, and then he, he got right against a, you know a bad defense in Carolina. Well, the trade happened at the perfect time for Hawkinson. And the reason I say that is Detroit, with Hawkinson, had already played Washington. So he already knew what Washington was doing. He already knew the scouting report against Washington. That gave him extra time to learn Minnesota's offense. So that was perfect for him. And I think all that did was, again, give him more time to learn Minnesota's offense last week, but then they get to do it this week as well. So I think, like like Brian said, I don't – and it's tight end, so it's not hard to be a top five every right. each week. But Hock could be a top five, top six, top seven every week going forward and, and jump up to end of season being a top five tight end for for fantasy purposes.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. Like you said, it's not hard to be a top three tight end, especially with Andrews being banged up. Um, Waller actually was put on IR today. We haven't really talked about that. Um, so, yeah, the tight end landscape, it's not hard to be a top performer in that one, but really it looks good for being, you know, what I thought was going to be a kind of a limited, you know, dip his toe in the water type performance, but they really chucked him in the deep end on that one. So, uh, yeah, I like him going forward. 70 yards, first game in, nine catches. It's really hard to beat that, especially in a PPR league. Um, so, all right, guys, one last thing. Let's go over this real quick. Um, we're one week over the halfway mark, 18 weeks, eight uh, seasons now, um, including the bye week. So we're just over halfway. Um, Jay, we're going to start with you. Um, who is your MVP at the halfway mark uh, if you want to do NFL season and fantasy or however you want to do it but go ahead
1: well I, I i just i'm gonna do NFL season um just just make it simple because it's too a tungo by for me uh and the reason is is when Miami when he starts and finishes a game miami is six and o oh. I and mean, that's pretty big on dominant uh you know he, he's pushing the ball downfield like everybody's you know Thought he couldn't do at some point, but then he gets Tyreek Hill, and we all we all saw the you know the underthrow, you know in the wind or whatever. Um, but I mean, this year alone, he's 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's it, and he's pushing 1980 yards already. Half dude's gonna be a 4,000 yard passer, somewhere in the range of 25 to 30 touchdowns. And what? Even if he goes halfway, six picks. And that's the Aaron Rodgers type season, right? And we, we all put Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's defending MVP. But back to back MVP. Two was doing the exact same stats. Two the Tua is the MVP, especially with what he's got.
0: Yeah, I like that. It definitely has a case for it. Um, Brian, what's your thoughts on the halfway mark uh, MVP so far?
2: Well, no disrespect to Jay here. I'm going same position. But I think there's only one undefeated team in the NFL. I'm going Jalen Hurts, real life, fantasy. Period. One thing, one thing about fantasy is you could you could draft them with a pretty low ADP, even in super flex leagues, probably third or fourth round. And like I said, there's there's only one undefeated team. And honestly, looking at their schedule, it's not. I think it's a while before they lose a game. I don't, I'm not sure I see one before week 14-15 dallas yeah but aren't they week 15 that's what i'm asking I, I, i'm not looking at the schedule that's what I'm, when you say that i'm like okay it's dallas yes yeah, dallas don't so want to make sense to me and i think that's week 15 so it would be no disrespect to Tua, but they're I, six and three like i said they're undefeated with with two in the lineup but still hurts has been in the lineup every single game so it's hurts for me no and i i 100 agree with that uh except for the fact of next year you're
1: not getting him in the in the fourth round you're not going to do gonna. it he continues what he's doing now
2: <laughs> of course you're not going to get two as low either but right worry, you're not going to get hurts that low if if you did a um, if you did a super flex dynasty he'd be a first round pick right now for sure oh yeah
1: let me ask you this way so in in scott fishbowl i drafted the 101 so of course i took josh allen and it is super flex so I didn't have hey, Jalen Hurts went later. Uh, Tua went early in the second round. There was talk that, that Jalen Hurts, you know, in, in our group, that Jalen Hurts was should have gone one hundred and one. And this was prior to the season start, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah I mean, I can see the argument, but it's Josh Allen. Yeah. Can, going off of what we've seen this year, could you actually see Scott Fishbowl next year? Jalen Hurts or Tua or both of them going ahead of like a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes scenario?
0: No. (laughs) No. Jalen Hurts definitely has more of a case, I would say, than Tua. I mean, I think people just, you know, the, the rushing upside, everything there, but I mean, I think the top two, they're pretty locked in, or I don't think you're passing on Mahomes or Josh Allen for too many guys. I mean, you could maybe do the flashy upside pick, but for now it's hard. Those two I think are pretty cemented. as the top 2 for me.
2: Yeah, me too. And the thing about Allen, you could name him MVP, but he, what he's doing was totally expected and then the same with well, Mahomes is more of a question mark cuz of the surrounding talent, but what Allen's doing is just what he was expected to do. So All
0: right. And speaking of that, that's actually my MVP for for the season so far is Patrick Mahomes. So leading the season or leading the league in pass yards and touchdowns. Um, so, you know, like you said, there's some players like him, Josh Allen, they're expected to be there every year. Um, but if you look at the last couple of years, I mean, Rodgers won it every single year. You know, he's expected to be up there most years. I know this is a down year for him. But, you know, like you actually said, Brian, him and his surrounding cast, there was a lot of question marks going in the season. I mean, we knew Kelsey was there. But Juju, you know, hasn't really been Juju before uh, the last couple of seasons. Um, Mike <laughs> MBS, you know, not a really inspiring signing there um so yeah you know there's a lot of question marks around his surrounding talent and you know i think he's proven to be that it doesn't really matter who is the talent is around him um he's just gonna be you know one of the best quarterbacks out there and he continues to be so that's my mvp halfway through the season uh, i know it's kind of like the easy low-hanging fruit pick but i mean just what he's doing out there 21 touchdowns six interceptions uh pretty tough to beat those numbers
2: and like you were talking about just last week that Kadarius Tony has a real chance to become his wide receiver one. That tells you a lot about his surrounding cast, because Kadarius Tony couldn't even get on the field for the Giants. So, right off the field stuff. So,
0: yeah, I was actually, you know, I was one of the guys that kept yeah. putting Herbert over Mahomes um, in the preseason ranks, just because of those question marks. You know, it actually has worked out really, really badly for me because I ended up taking Herbert in a lot of different redraft stuff like that. Um but I thought, you know, okay, he has Mike Williams, he's got Keenan Allen, he's got Eckler, he has all his weapons compared to let's say if one of those guys gets hurt, he still has others to count on compared to Mahomes. Theoretically, if Kelsey went down, he's throwing the you know, Juju and MBS as his top two targets, and that just really scared me. So I ended up doing Herbert over him, but Mahomes is just proven to be that guy. So
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk on it, Mitch, you want to about wide receivers, but just like the Laughing Network said, don't sleep on Juju. Juju <laughs> is something. He's becoming something with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's for sure. I think something. And yeah. If you, Devin, if you remember, my very first show was was with y'all, and I brought up Nicole Hardman. He's not yep. becoming. He's not becoming Tyreek Hill, but he's starting to mold into that. Down the field, running that nine route, and he's getting the, you know, what he, he'll catch a ball at three yards and, and take it for five. He's becoming that player. He's not, you know, not in the shadow of, of, uh, of uh, Tyreek Hill anymore. So, man, watch out for this. I don't know that Kadarius Tony's going to be anything. And I'm a Gator fan, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know that he ended up being a damn thing. I, I thought it was kind of amazing that he got off the airplane after being traded, and he was eagled. (laughs) It It was the hailing waters of Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Things happen in KC. It could have been the barbecue sauce. I don't know. (laughs) But but there are things happening in KC, and that wide receiving core is becoming something. I'm not an MBS fan, and I'm not seeing him become anything other than that, you know, four or five-yard dump off, but he's – the other side too is I think Juju is because is sat in meeting rooms with Travis Kelsey and go, "How do you do it? What do I need to do? How can I make my game like your game, but better?
0: Right. And he's, you know, he's on a one year deal, so he still has a lot to prove, you know I mean, he's not guaranteed to be there next year. I mean he's really proven that he's you know he's stepped up a lot more than what I thought, you know, I mean, he was truly like a wild card for me. Could have been, you know, wide receiver, anywhere from wide receiver one to wide receiver 50 for me this year. You know, there was – but I think he's proven, you know, he's he's a solid option. He's reliable. So, I mean, I feel a lot better about the situation now. But two months ago when we were doing all of our drafts, just wasn't convinced, you know, especially if, you know, Kelsey was going to get hurt potentially or anything like that. But, yeah, he looks really good. So – um, that being said, we've kind of <laughs> talked a lot about all the news and notes this week. Some of these other items, we haven't even talked about the game tonight. So before we get into that, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, we're not we're not missing a whole lot from tonight's game. Let's be honest; it's another bad matchup. But before we get into that, um, underdog fantasy promo code the same GF2, and you get a deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's an underdog fantasy. So make sure you go check them out. Um, And let's get into this uh, barn burner of a game tonight. Uh, Some players that are actually going to be in or out. um, Chuba Hubbard had an ankle injury. missed the last couple weeks. He is going to be active tonight. So, might you know, uh, we had uh, our earlier question. um, We're asking about who's going to get the most. I think that's where it comes from, from Megan, just with him actually being active. Still think we all agree it's going to be Foreman. Um, and then Higgins also on Carolina has an illness. He's questionable. I have not seen if he's going to be active, um, but I haven't seen anyone on Atlanta currently that's been ruled out. So, yeah, we got this barn burner of a matchup. Um, let's go ahead and just actually talk into this game. We had some other topics as far as some other players that are in or out this weekend, but we need to talk about this one a little bit. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with Brian. Do you think weather is going to be a factor in tonight's game? I know you already hinted at that earlier, that Carolina looked like it had some rain coming. So what are your thoughts on the conditions for tonight?
2: If either one of the games were passing teams, because I would say yes. But since both quarterbacks are below average, I'm going to say no.
0: Looks like we might have uh, lost Brian there.
1: No. I, I, want him to, I wanted him to stop because I wrote this down today. I, we need to do a drinking game tonight for one reason and one reason only. Not on this show, but during the during the uh, during the broadcast, right? Um, we take a drink every time weather is. Sick, right? <laughs> I'm in South Georgia, and. We, we're getting we're getting the weather right now, right? So we've had it all we've had it all day since about seven o'clock this morning, and it's been raining, it's been windy, and sometimes it's gusting pretty hard. Um, the reports coming out were this game could be sustained winds at twenty five miles an hour with gusts up to thirty five to fifty. I don't see that happening. I don't think it matters in this game, to be quite right. honest. Teams are running teams, um, so I don't I don't worry about the weather. I, I I asked the question because I wanted to see what Brian's thought. Where I mean, I know Brian's up in Tennessee-ish, right? Brian? Okay, that's you, right.
2: Yeah, Nashville.
1: What what is your weather like now in Nashville? You're not getting we've anything. got nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of I would say we're probably the same distance, roughly wise to Charlotte, but. I'm getting the weather. I don't think the weather's going to hit till later, maybe the fourth quarter. So I don't think the weather's going to be a factor at all.
0: Yeah, even if so, I mean, like you said, both these teams are running teams. It's not like they're really airing it out. I mean, Marcus Mariota has single-handedly tanked. Pitts and London all on its own. So, you know, we'll be lucky to even see too many passes here tonight anyway, just between both of these teams. Um, go ahead.
2: My favorite parlay? I haven't seen it available, plus over or under 300 total yards passing between the two quarterbacks. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I like
0: that.
2: There won't be two quarterbacks. There'll be at least three
1: because I have a feeling that P.J. Walker is going to throw an interception and Baker Mayfield would then come in.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of shocked they stuck with uh, P.J. this week. You know, I mean, Baker come in, he looked pretty good. You know, I mean, I know, you know, they have a larger sample size from earlier in the season, but P.J. looked terrible last week. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so, you know, I'm kind of like going to switch up our format here. We haven't talked a lot about this game. I know there's not a whole lot of news and notes to talk about, but uh, let's go ahead and jump to what our predictions are for tonight's game before we get into stock up, stock down. So uh, I'll go ahead and give mine. I have Atlanta winning 21-20. to uh, Brian, what is your prediction for tonight's game?
2: Very similar. Atlanta, 24-21. to 21.
0: And, Jason, what do you got?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as a Bucks fan, this hurts, but I went to Atlanta 24-17.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there's potential here to have some decent points. We're all in the 20s. We all took the Falcons. Um, just not a great matchup. I mean, the the Panthers just look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. They don't have a lot of talent anywhere on that team. Um, They have some good key pieces, but, yeah, they just don't have any good quarterback play, anything like that going on. So, all right, so, you know, guys, we're wrapping up here. Let's go ahead and get into everyone's favorite segment, stock up, stock down. I'm actually going to toss this one over to Jason to give your first stock up of the week.
1: Yeah. My uh my slack up this week all oh, commett. And I know why you sent it to me for so being <laughs> your, your little homering. Homering, <laughs> you're homering, I hear. I mean the last two weeks uh, he was tied in 14 two weeks ago. Last week he was tied in two on this uh, you know, on the week. So I mean, the Bears, like I said earlier about Justin the Fields, they're they're slowly opening up the play calling. They're starting to find the receivers. They've got you know they've gotten um, uh, Claypool in there now, so you know got a week with them. Um, I mean, man, Cole Komet, what we thought Cole Komet could be, he still can be. It just taking right. a little bit. Man, give, give me Cole Komet stock up all the way to the moon.
0: I'm really hoping, I've gotten really close. I took the over on five touchdowns for him this season, and it was looking really bad for a couple of weeks, or most of the season, and he's had three in the last two weeks. So it's, I'm feeling a lot more, a lot better about that bet. So we'll see how that ends up panning out. But, yeah, I agree. I like Cole Komet. Uh, definitely Stockhouse has been definitely more involved. And he they're kind of doing the Kansas City Ravens thing, where when they need a yard, they're not trying to hurt their quarterback. They do the slick little – Tight end in motion, get under the center, and, you know, a 6'6", 250-pound man getting that rushing yard. So,
1: I, I'm not going to try to bust your bubble anymore or blow up your head any more than I already have tonight. <laughs> five TDs, does that include a possible playoff, too?
0: I don't think so. I think it was a regular season.
1: I mean, if they're, if they're going to keep playing like they're playing, they could sneak into that wild card. Oh, man,
0: come on. Don't do that to me.
2: <laughs> they said there's a lot of water in Carolina, but must be a lot in Tennessee right now.
0: <laughs> All right, La- Laughing Man Network on YouTube here. So my only issue with commit is his points off three touchdowns in two weeks and Claypool is in town. They are going to leech off each other. I like having him on the low, though. So yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I mean, overall, it's still not going to be a really big passing volume offense. I mean, Justin Fields, like I said last week, 123 yards. So it's not like they're carving everybody up. But you know, the potential is there. Uh, they're both going to be very good red zone targets. You know, both big bodies, everything like that. So the potential is always going to be there. Even if he's not getting yards every week, he's going to be one of the top options to get at least a touchdown. Hopefully. Right.
1: You don't you don't need to commit to catch seven balls for 100 yards. You need to commit. Right two for 10. With a <laughs> that's what you need. Right. Especially in this tight end landscape that we're sitting in right now.
0: Right. Especially in the tight end premium. You know what I mean? Two catches on that, that's already pretty solid. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I like that. So, uh, Brian, let's kick it down to you. Who is your stock up for week 10?
2: Well, you've already mentioned Justin Herbert. He's still a pretty darn good quarterback. So my stock up, Josh Palmer. And I graduated from Vanderbilt, so him being a Tennessee graduate, that's hard to say. But he's been pretty good. Uh, Mike Williams is still out. Keenan Allen's still missing practice. But last week, Palmer had eight catches for 106 yards, and in four out of the last seven games, he scored at least 13 PPR fantasy points. So he's my stock up.
0: Yeah, you know he's a solid. I mean, he's a solid receiver. He's he's stepped up admirably. They've had some really bad injuries on that team. Keenan Allen just cannot get over his hamstring injury. You know, I mean, we joked about it the other week that you know Brian Robinson literally got shot. And came back before Keenan Allen did with his hamstring injury, so it's just been nagging him all season. He's definitely been stacking up or stocking up, so that's good for good for him on that one. So another comment here, laughing man, that said referring back to commit, buy the shit out of him. Agree with that as well. He's pretty cheap. You might be having a harder time buying him as cheap now. In the last couple weeks. Uh, people are definitely probably going to be selling high. Um, but he says he does think the future is real nice for him as well. So appreciate the comment. I agree as a Bears fan and as the podcast host at the moment. So thank you for that. Um, I will say actually as well, so my stock up for the week um, is Jeff Wilson. So, you know, he got traded, you know, pretty late in the week actually uh, to the to the Dolphins. And, you know, mostert has been having some really solid weeks. He's really carving some people up. I know Jeff Wilson is familiar with this offense, given that Mike McDaniels came from the 49ers, but I still didn't think he was going to be as involved as he is. He ended up playing 49% of the snaps. So basically 50-50 right off the bat with limited time to learn the playbook, everything like that, which, like I said, came from San Fran, knows probably most of the plays, different terminology to learn, stuff like that. But on nine rushes, he had 51 yards and three targets, three catches for 21 yards and a touchdown. So, very heavily involved um he's got a pretty good matchups coming up he's got cleveland this week uh then they have a bye week but then houston the following week so you know if you're needing some you know decent rb2 numbers i think he's a lock solid rb2 going forward um like i said just i wasn't expecting him to be 49 percent of the plays so uh brian what did you think you think he was going to be playing that much of the snaps i really didn't but i
2: but i'd also forgotten who his head coach was when they when he got traded and you know, I think a key component here is Chase Edmonds also got traded.
0: Right. So, Jay, what do you think about uh, about Jeff Wilson there?
1: Man, I, I love the that that was probably the best landing spot for him. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I if I was Raheem Mostert, I'd be looking over my shoulder.
0: Yeah. As
1: close friends as they are, or it seems to be. Because moster, when 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 Wilson caught that touchdown, moster was the first one to jump up, meet him on the field, you know, high fives, whatever. Man, you better look over your shoulder because you might not have to look over your shoulder for Chase, but you need to look over your shoulder at your boy. <laughs> he came in <out> there, came <laughs> thinking, "Okay, I might have a chance. I didn't have a chance with CMC being the lead back. I had a chance against Moster. He's going to get hurt."
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, like you said, it was a perfect landing spot for him. I really liked it there. I guess I should have factored in more that, you know, he knows the system, so he might have been, you know, thrown into a higher volume compared to most other players, but still it was pretty shocking just to see that. I just was not expecting that.
2: I will say this, though. I think with, with both Wilson and Mostert being a little bit older, a little bit grayer, that, that there's a role for both of them, to be honest with you, as long as they can stay healthy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they're primed to be one of the teams that maybe, you know, back into the first round, maybe trade back into the second, or even stay at the first in the back end, depending where they finish, and maybe take like a Bijan or someone like that this upcoming season because they don't really have a whole lot of needs on that team. So.
2: Who, who is the um, RB3 there in Miami? What's that? Who's the third running back besides Mostert and Wilson? Uh, um, what is it? A uh, uh, Oh, shoot. I'm not sure. Yes, I mean, there's what, <laughs> n- none of us seem to know the answer. But it tells you there's not much there. So. You no, know, not, not only that, but I think Moster
1: and and uh, Wilson are both final year of the contract as well.
0: I believe that's correct. Yeah,
1: but I don't believe that Miami has a first right now. I think they mm. the first that they had that they got for Hill, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, who they get it for uh, from K- uh, who the hell they get it for. Um, I, but i think they they sent that to denver you're right and Chubb, so i don't think they have a first this year.
0: yeah at one point they had three they had three first firsts this year then they had the one taken away from the scandal of tom brady they traded this one and then yeah so yeah they, they uh I, recall, I believe they yep
1: as well so i don't think they have a first
0: oh uh, yeah yeah you're actually right so Maybe they won't. We'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, Gaskin, that's the guy we were thinking of. That's who – thank you, Laughing Man Network, helping us out there. It was right on the tip of my tongue, but I do want to real quick, before we go into stock down, um, he brings up a really good point here. Um, He says, I do want to say sell your bears. They have a bye week 14, then Buffalo, then Philly. Um, there's a really they have a, they have a terrible you know the next couple of weeks not bad so you could maybe entice someone with the Lions this weekend Houston coming up but yeah this is the time of the year where dynasty redraft everything and you just start looking at some of these matchups and seeing what you got going on some bye week or some playoffs actually start week fourteen so you know having those bye weeks that late you know something to factor in especially because that is a pretty big bye week too I think there's multiple teams on bye that week six, six teams
2: are on bye. Right, or Scott Fish starts in Week Twelve.
0: Yeah, so yeah, lots of so lots of good information there from Life and Man Network. Appreciate that very much. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I'm gonna go ahead, and oh, go ahead.
1: The only thing I'll disagree with is I, I wouldn't say sell your bears unless you're right. In B- unless you're in B- trap. Agreed. In a dynasty, you should have a deep enough roster.
0: That you right. Can see-
1: you know, a Justin Fields, a David Montgomery, a Chase Claypool, a Clay, uh, Cole Comet for that one week and not get the break speed off of
0: you. 100%. That's uh, We are a Dynasty podcast, so we do need to be looking at things through the Dynasty lens here. So I do agree with that as well. You know, I mean, that goes just for anybody, not just Bears, but, you know, you're not going to sacrifice your Dynasty, you know, and some of your core players um, just because you have one bad week or one – bad batch up from one year you know so definitely uh, definitely agree with you jay um so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna kick off stock down because i actually kind of have multiple players that i'm saying is a stock down and that's every single running back on kansas city all right patrick mahomes led the team with six attempts all right that's terrible for a running back they i mean, threw the ball i think 67 times so i mean we know they're a pass first team anyway but when you're quarterback, when they're not designed runs, he's obviously scrambling, you know, for some of these rushes. But Mahomes should never lead the, lead the team in rush yards. So Mahomes did pretty well with those, those scrambles and rush yards. Six rushes for 63 yards. CEH only had four attempts for five yards. Pacheco had five attempts for five yards. McKinnon had three attempts for four. And the fullback Burton even had one for zero. So, I mean, to me, you can't trust anyone in this backfield right now. Kansas City, you want to avoid at all means. doesn't matter who starts the game, anything like that. They're just not getting the opportunities. They're going to be lucky to give you running back two numbers. So I'm very against every running back in Kansas City right now, stock way down for every single one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you too much, except that I did see where Bini's come out uh either yesterday or today right after practice and said we have to get the running game going. If that means we gotta give Clyde and Isaiah twenty touches a game, we have to do it. So as of right now, absolutely hundred percent stock down. But they could go right back up in two weeks.
0: That's true. That's you know that's the beauty of this segment. You know, one week you're down, one week you're up. So So, Brian, I'll take it down.
2: I don't have the stats in front of me, but it sounded like he wasn't that far short of 20 total touches in the running back committee last week, was it? No, he's saying – He didn't do squat. He was saying 20 each. 20
1: touches for one running back? Each. They got to get the running game going. He's saying 20 each. So, I mean, you take Mahomes out of six – you know, split those up. You're still looking at, you know, if you go in, if you on 15 touches for Clyde, 15 touches for, for Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, that's 30 touches right there. They still got, they're still going to throw the ball 40 more times.
2: Yeah. They're yeah. going to have a heck of a lot of plays. I got some motion front property in there. I don't I'll sell you. Well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to see this happen before I actually uh, buy into it too much here, but uh,
2: they, they <laughs> won't throw it 70 times. I, I can, right. I'll admit to that, but I think, I don't think.
1: I hate when he does that.
2: <laughs> right?
0: Right at the top of it, and then there he goes. He, I will say.
1: He makes a great point, and then turns right around and goes, ah.
0: <laughs> right? I will say, there he is. I will say that, uh, you know, they are going to have some fresh legs if they're only rushing five times a week. So, you know. Playoffs are coming up. We always know if running game is king in the playoffs. Uh, Whoever can run the ball, controls the ball, everything like that. So, you know, maybe they will have some fresh legs, but for fantasy dynasty purposes right now, it's really hard to have them in your flex spot, let alone as an actual starting running back. So, so Brian, we'll go ahead and kick it down to you. Who is your stock down for this week?
2: I'm going to preface this. We've had a lot of Chicago Bear love.
0: Yes, we have. It's been amazing.
2: Bear, but almost dead. So bear down Chicago Bears. But <laughs> yeah. David Montgomery was going to be my pick. And I thought, well, we've had so much positive vibe. I'll just put my. <laughs> <laughs> I had to choose somebody. And over the last three weeks, he's got a total of 133 yards. And I'm sorry. Each one of us three could be a better professional quarterback than Sam Ellinger. So. <laughs> I'm going to say Pittman way down. Matt Ryan may be 37 years old, but I'd rather him be behind center.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's really torpedoed uh, Pittman's fantasy outlook. Like I said, he's another one that's just like, it's hard to roll out there in an actual wide receiver spot. I mean, I know you drafted him high. If you have him in Dynasty, you know, you were real high. First after week one, came out with like 13 catches and all that was looking amazing. And now how far everything has fallen is pretty rough. Uh, Jay, you have any thoughts on Michael Pittman before we get your stock down? And actually, before we get that, Kyle says hi. I just want to get that in there. The man, Kyle Sandra, hello. Thanks for joining in. Uh, And back to you, Jay.
1: Yeah, so the only thing I'll say about that is there was a report that came out today that, um, I mean, maybe it's just the water in, like, the Midwest, you know, because Kansas City, you know, Tony's 100% healthy when he lands off the plane. Hey, guess who's practicing today? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Ryan might be starting next week and now it's the same Ellinger experience um it didn't just hurt Pittman it didn't just hurt you know uh, uh Pierce it hurt JT as well and then when I say hurt JT I mean it, it hurt his ankle literally know? so hey get Matt Ryan back in there hey look he's got a noodle arm whatever at least he can throw the ball at least he knows an offense at least he knows how to read a defense kind of thing oh they're not going anywhere Get Ellinger out of there. He sucks. He sucks.
2: Yeah. He sucks in fantasy. The the sad thing about Ryan is they actually set him because of the number of sacks and picks he had. Well, Ellinger may not get as many sacks as he can run a little, but you're destined for at least as many picks. So
1: at least you still have the ball. <laughs>
0: get a sack. Yeah. And, you know, not to mention there, I mean, we haven't even talked about this, but they just got a brand-new head coach. I mean, I know it's interim, but, you know, Jeff Saturday taking over there, you know, that was a pretty crazy storyline. Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) You know, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's a terrible position to any interim coach to be in just because, I mean, you know, they already know an offense. You can't really install what you want to do midseason. So, you know, I mean – Colts' just outlook overall is probably stock down as well, not just Pittman. But Joe, I'll kick it back to you. I keep interrupting you and taking your spotlight here. So go ahead with your stock down for the week.
1: And my stock down this week, uh, it probably should be the whole team after after the uh, debacle of being up seventeen to three. But <laughs> player, and it's Robert Woods. Robert Woods zero for two. He got two targets, two. That's all he got last week, two, and he didn't catch near one of them. Uh, man, you if you're in redraft, cut this guy. He's just he's a roster clogger at this point. Um, in the, in the last three weeks, he's had eight total targets, which is not good. He's only got one touchdown of the year, he's got 256 yards for the year. For the year, man, get this guy off your roster. He's horrible at the football anymore. He's 74 years old. I mean, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have said 74. He's 47. Forty-seven, Man, and, and just he's not getting the ball. They're not a passing offense. They're they're Derrick Henry as far as Derrick Henry will take them. Agreed. And Traylon Burke should be back this week.
0: Yeah, definitely intrigued on him. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely worth a waiver stash for the week as well. I would say. Uh, Going forward, just see what happens. I mean, clearly they need someone out there to catch the balls. I know he wasn't lighting the world on fire by any means earlier this season, but, you know, still has some upside. I mean, first-round pick. So, I like that. So, all right, well, we're getting closer and closer to kickoff time. So, let's go to our brand-new segment. Megan, if you're still watching, this was brought on by you. So, here we go with the Chrome Dome parlays of the night. So, Chrome Dome, Brian, why don't you go ahead and – Give us some of yours for tonight.
2: Shout out to Megan. <laughs> um, my uh, my t- one of my top ones. I know we've got a, a Homer in Cordero Patterson, and I like him too. But uh, Tyler Algier, thirty-two yards over. I, he had last week. He had ten carries for ninety-six yards. So it's not going to shock me if Tyler Algier is your leading rusher tonight. Surprisingly. I'm kind of iffy on Cordero Patterson. He's at 55 and a half, and he's only beat that number two out of five games he's played this year. So that's kind of interesting. The other um, I like Deontay Foreman, 55 and a half yards over.
0: Yeah, I like like all those. I think Algier at 32 and a half just seems like a gimme, arm, doesn't it?
2: Seems like a slam dunk to me. Like I said, it would not shock me for him to outproduce. My man Cordero Patterson, I've got him at Patterson a few leagues and now in a few as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a predominant rushing game. And I would try to stay away from definitely both quarterbacks. I, I didn't want either one of those props. And receiving, if I went with one, DJ Moore, 57 and a half, I think, or 57 over.
0: Yeah, I like those as well. I think they all, uh, all make sense to me. So let's kick it over there to Jason. Uh, feel free to comment on any of Brian uh, Brian's picks and then also give us some of yours for tonight.
1: Well, see, here's the unfair part is I, I set this up and I did my I, – I looked at DraftKings. I think that's what Brian looked at as well, right? Okay, so I looked at DraftKings, and this was at 9 o'clock this morning when I when I took my picks. And at 9 a.m., Atlanta was only a two-and-a-half point favorite, but the over-under was 42-and-a-half. At 4 p.m., when I looked back, Atlanta was now a three-point favorite. 44 and a half was over under. Right before we came on the show, I looked again. Atlanta's still a three-point favorite. But now the spread is 41 and a half. So, we fluctuated situated all day on DraftKings. So, my numbers are going to be a little bit off of what Brian has because I'm going off the 9 a.m. numbers when I did place my bets. So, I got pitts over under three and a half receptions. Pitts has done nothing all year long. Over the, he's gotten you know he, he's gotten the target that at it's Marcus Murillo to throw into. It's not targets that are actually catchable targets. They're over his head. He still, still gets a target for it. Anyway, so he's got I want to say it was three games this year where he's actually caught three passes, two of them, he's caught five or more. Give me. Three and a half over. I think he actually gets targets tonight. They've got to get him involved. They have to. Um, Patterson, the over under uh, 54 and a half rushing. I'm taking the over as well there. I think Patterson's going to have a hell of a game. I do think Alex gets 32 and a half. I'm with that. Um, Foreman, I went over again. I think, again, this is going to be a, a rush, 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 rush. Give Kyle Pitts a touchdown kind of kind of a game uh over under what I had was 54 and a half Kyle I mean uh, uh Brian you had it at what 55 and a half or- yeah from memory yeah okay so I, I would still take the over it's only another yard I, I take the over there the other one that I took um uh, is Patterson anytime touchdown did y'all see what he did to the Chargers nine yeah. last week I mean he was at end zone so bad he took 49 and put his ass on the ground let him roll. I think dude's still in concussion protocol. I think he still thinks he's in Atlanta after being hit by Patterson last week and just bowled him over for that touchdown. Hey, give me Patterson. Anytime touchdown. Pitts over three and a half. Receiving uh, Patterson over four and a half. And Foreman over 54 and a half.
2: Yeah. If you had to ask me, Patterson, I'd rather go with the anytime touchdown. The yardage is okay. But definitely, I would go with it any time touchdown. Yeah, I put this in at a,
1: on a $10 bet. Um, I I put $100 on it, but I put it in as a $10 bet, and it was a $37 payout. Wow. So I put 100 bucks on it. It's, it's a, almost a $400 payout. So I figured, hey, it, I've got two of them pretty much guaranteed in, in my mind. I think the rushing, I think the rushing and the uh for Foreman and the anytime touchdown for Patterson is a guarantee. Um, the Pitts receiving is is the bet in my mind.
0: Yeah, I like a lot of those as well. Um, I got a couple here. We'll just get into that right before we got to get kick get going, just because the game's getting ready to kick off. So I got two Terrence Marshall over unders for everybody. So I got Terrence Marshall over under uh, receptions um that's actually supposed to be um reception yards which is 39 and a half so i'm taking the over on that um and then also terrence marshall over under longest reception 18 and a half yards so i'm taking the over on that as well just because the last three consecutive games he's had catches of 21 39 and 20. so you know he's not facing the great offense here he's probably going to be you know the second option behind dj moore anyway to where dj moore is going to be getting all the coverage so 18 and a half yards august reception 39 yards um for total yards so what do you guys think about those two
2: i love it it. makes sense
1: to me yeah so my, 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 only concern, my only concern is if the wind blows oh yeah right. that's that's it i see i didn't say weather oh i did <laughs> All right, well,
0: you guys, that's the show. We need to get wrapping up. Um, just a couple notes before we do get out of here. Um, oh, looks like uh, got some comments here. Kyle Senra, loving the new Chrome Dome segment. Shout out. Thanks, Megan, again for the inspiration. Um, looks like we got Laughing Man Network here. I did a big Cordero over seven and a half reception and Marshall over 7 and a half, oh seven and a half yards. Uh, reception of Terrence Marshall over seven and a half points what do you guys think about those
2: yeah that well, that total for um Cordero, I was surprised it was so low under eight for saving yards that's uh
0: that uh, seems very low
1: yeah that that's super low the, the the one that would scare me there honestly if it, 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 it could it could actually smash on one touchdown he could he could get Marshall right. could get seven points on one touchdown again we, we're talking about throwing the ball and in an offense right now, um, I could see that. I, I think actually that that actually might be a great play if Baker ends up in the second half, right. half, Like he was last week. I think that could be a smash play.
0: All right, and last comment here we have is uh, we're heads together, guys, from Kyle. <laughs>
1: uh, we cannot take credit for that. That is Megan.
0: <laughs>
1: we can't take credit for that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, a couple notes. Just let everyone know what our upcoming schedule is. So next week we'll be here as usual. The following week will be Thanksgiving. It's already crazy. It's that time of the year. We are not going to be on the Thanksgiving week. We're going to be spending time with our family. So just enjoy the week with your guys' families. Enjoy all the food, everything like that. But we will be back next week. Just wanted to kind of give everyone a little heads up what's going on. And uh, let's go ahead and do our little round robin here. So, uh, Jay... Kick it over to you. Let people know
1: what's going on. Oh, not not too. Oh wait. Oh, we're talking about fantasy football here. Every <laughs> we every Thursday night pregame, and t- except for two weeks from now, we're gonna take we're gonna take a little hiatus. We're not gonna do bourbon. We're just gonna take a night, hiatus, enjoy our families. Y'all do the exact same thing. You catch me here every Thursday night. You can catch me Wednesday nights with uh, uh, Dynasty Intervention or Fantasy Intervention rather. You can catch me over in the Discord, please. Y'all, it's a free Discord. Jump in there. We love talking to y'all. Y'all love giving us your trades. We love giving you a little bit of advice and you can yell at us for doing it.
0: never <laughs> our- And uh Brian, how about you?
2: Well, you can always find me at Vandegrad ninety two. And along with going for two, I'm also a partner for frequency's sake. So tomorrow night, Gladys Tyler, the 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 best madame of Fantasy football DFS. She and I will have a podcast called Deep uh, DFS Deep Dive, and then on Sunday, I'm also part of the hour and a half long pregame show for for Frequency Network. So I've got a lot going on, and I always post it to Vanguard 92. So please come follow. Hey, how much did you have to pay Gladys to come and talk to you on Friday nights? Oh, I'm telling you now, she knows you. This- the nicest person in the industry, so I'm just a lucky man.
0: <laughs> all right, and yeah, you can find me here every week as well. Appreciate everyone tuning in. I've had a lot of questions over here recently, actually, on my Twitter handle, at Devin Deal, so I appreciate the questions. Love helping everyone out. Like Jay's been saying, get with Discord. Hit us up there. Keep watching all the great shows we have here on the Going For Two Live Network. And if you have any questions, let us know. We love being here for you guys. Try to enjoy this game. I will say the Panthers look absolutely sick in their blackout uniforms tonight. That is one of the coolest-looking uniforms I've seen so far in the season. So, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to do much with it. But it is a pretty solid-looking uniform, i got to say.
1: Hey, I I do want to say this real quick, though, too. If you hate watching Amazon with with the game, man, flip down and and go to the um, – what is it? The sheesh, I gotta find it now. What, what the, is it? The extra stats or whatever? Yeah, it's the it's uh, it is next gen stats. The next yeah, is that's the, so
0: cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Like it puts the players' names out there, where you can see where they're lined up. You don't have to be like, oh, is that eighteen or is that sixteen? I can't tell. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, and on the replays, it's showing the routes. Yeah, along you actually learn a little bit on why routes are run certain ways or which you know why they're doing certain plays, and then when a when a pass is completed, they're showing like the speed. So you can actually keep up with knowledgeable stuff that you can apply to your fantasy football teams.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Someone tweeted about that actually. It's like week three or something like that. And ever since I watched it, I wish way more networks did that because it is awesome.
1: Yeah, but, bad, bad as bad as Amazon has been, or and it's not Amazon, I guess, but it's it's bad as the football has been on Thursday nights, the Next Gen Stats broadcast has been phenomenal.
0: Agreed.
2: All right, well, that does
0: it for us here at the Dynasty Game, thank you for tuning in this week, and we will catch you all next week right here on the Going For Two Live Network. Thanks for tuning in for Brian, Jay, and myself. Have a good night. Enjoy the game. Thanks for tuning in.